So for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, right? One of those balls is eye contact, one of them is smiling, one of them is facial expression, storytelling, body language, and the list goes on. And it can be really overwhelming for people. Hmm. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because right. if we can juggle those three balls, we'll build momentum with our speaking no problem. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams and organisations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Uh, delighted to be joined today all the way from Quebec in Canada. We've got the uh, founder and president of Master Talk, uh, YouTuber, supporter of people uh, in terms of how they talk and how they bring their public speaking up to that top 1%. So if you're into that, then you're going to love today's guest. Welcome to the show, Brendan Kumarasamy. Paul, welcome. the pleasure is mine. Thanks, oh. Brilliant to have you on and uh, I was just saying before we started the show here, I've already had to thank Brendan for the uh, impact that his work has already had on me, uh, some of the insights that I've had from the uh, Public Speaking Essentials uh, piece, which I'm sure we'll come to at, at some stage, has already directly helped me uh, with some of the presentations that I've been doing as well. So uh, love to come into some of those details as we continue the conversation. Um, but before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself in terms of your background and what got you to where you are today? Absolutely, Paul. Happy to do that. So for me, it all started in college. I went to business school and I studied the opposite of what you'd think I would study, which is accounting. Right. So I was a numbers guy. Never really wanted to be a communication coach. But then when I was in college, I did these things called case competitions, Paul. Mm. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing footy or rugby or football. Yeah. I was one of those guys. Right. I did presentations competitively. That's how I learned how to speak. So as I got older, I started coaching a lot of the students on how to communicate ideas. Right. And, and I coached them. And I accidentally developed a talent in it. So I just started making YouTube videos. I called it Master Talk because I felt no one was really sharing these tips with the internet for free. Hmm. And here we are a few years later. Oh, fantastic. And so um, what were some of the lessons that you learned in those early stages from those uh, case competitions and things? You know, what, what did you pick up? What failures did you, uh, did you have? I'm sure you, there were one or two. And what did you learn from them? There was way more than one or two for <laughs> sure, Paul. I mean, my God, almost every case competition I did was a failure in many ways. My last two competitions before I graduated, I, I lost both of them too. So, <laughs> so definitely a lot to learn. I would say the biggest lessons though is having a high standard of excellence. So when I started, and that's why I learned a lot of, about communication really rapidly in my career, a lot of my coaches were VPs at companies. They were senior level executives. And I was a 19-year-old kid at the time who had a big ego. So my ego got shot really fast. So that's probably the first lesson. The second one is community is always easier to get results from rather than the individual. So what pushed me to be a better speaker and teacher, Paul, was everyone in that program were really good speakers already. So if I wanted to teach them something, I needed to be better than they were. Mm -hmm. So it pushed me. So community elevates us to do better and to perform better. 
That's probably the second lesson. Mm. And the third one is to be a mad scientist. So what does that mean? So when I was helping people, coaching people in quotation marks, yeah. I wasn't a coach. I didn't right. really know how to do that. I was just doing them what I thought was right. And they said that wasn't working. And I would just trial and error until I had a, until I had a method that worked. Yeah, I mean, that, that approach of experimentation and uh, and just trying something, seeing where it takes you and learning from it is a, is a, it's a critical skill in any field, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I know other uh, guests on the show, I'm, I'm thinking of Jimmy Burroughs in episode 10 and all sorts of others, um, bringing that experimental view to leadership and, uh, and to public speaking as well and, and all sorts of bits and pieces. So uh, if there's a lesson out there, it's think of those little things that you can experiment with, see where they take you. If you can make that experiment safe, but a little bit challenging, then it helps you just to, to edge up in terms of that continuous improvement, doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Um, so talk to us a, a bit more then about Master Talk. You know, what is it? Who's it for? Where, uh, where do people find it and what do they get from it? For sure, Paul. So for me, the mission behind Master Talk is I believe the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. So for me, ma most of the mission of Master Talk is how do I create free resources for communication for the entire world? How do I make this accessible right. to everybody? That's the main play. But then the way that I get there is through the coaching business that I'm super passionate about. I love coaching my clients. But that private access to me then allows me to use those funds to create better resources like you've seen on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the check that I write my production to me ain't cheap. So, so I need that coaching revenue and different streams of income to really make that a reality for people for free. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And um, so who are your typical clients then? Who, do, who would you help perform in that uh, sort of private one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching space? For sure, Paul. And that's a lesson I learned in business too that I found really fascinating, which is there's a very big difference between the person who watches all my videos and who hires me for coaching. Because right. the person who watches all my videos, who are amazing, they don't have the money to afford a coach. That's why they're spending hours on end watching the videos and taking all the notes. Whereas the person who actually buys the service, they might watch one or two video. And just for credibility, they'll go, oh, these videos are good, but I'd just rather hire the guy directly so right. I can save time because right. I don't have time to go through all these videos. So those people are often in three-man categories. They're executives in the Fortune 500 and startups, primarily women. I would say 60% of my clients, 65% are women. Right. That's one. The second type is entrepreneurs, yep. so people who are building a transformational idea, product, service, want to scale their businesses with communication. And the third one is the coach, just not a communication coach, like a career coach, a life right. coach who wants to scale their coaching practice. Oh, wonderful. And uh, have you got any stories um, from those days, either individuals, or you don't have to name them, obviously, but any success stories that you'd like to highlight in terms of uh, you've seen people move from where they were to where they are now? For sure, Paul. I'm super grateful for all the transformations we've had for clients. But I'd say one that I can I can talk about for sure is is the CEO of Aim Colors. You know, when she started working with us, she's a PhD in organic chemistry. She's just really brilliant, but she was too shy to share her expertise to the external world to get investors, to get customers, to get employees. Mm. So helping her create her pitch and helping her share her message with the world was really life-changing for all of us. Mm. For me, because I got to see the transformation and for the people that she gets to serve. Because now she goes on a stage in front of like 500 people and delivers just fine. And it's amazing that I was a part of that journey. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And yeah, 
from experience myself as well, I've worked with clients where I've seen some brilliant people, uh, particularly in one-on-one. I go back to my consulting days and I'd be in the business talking to some amazing people uh, and they'd be more than happy to talk. And then we get to even just a board meeting where they were a member of the board and they were scared out their wits to even if they were taught to stand up and talk. You know, those, those sorts of fears there. But if, if you had a conversation with them, they were on the ball, they knew their game, they knew their numbers, but that fear there, is that is that something that you help people with and, and, and help them move beyond? Absolutely, Paul. And here's the solution, which is quite simple. Fear is not something that goes away. It's a relationship we learn to manage because everything in our life we've had some fear over. Mm. Asking somebody on a date, uh, getting a house, going through a mortgage, getting married, having children, going to college, getting your first job. All of these things have some fear attached to it. So why don't we just sit all home and do nothing? Well, the reason we're still moving is because the motivation to do that thing is greater than the fear that is associated to it. So for me, it's all about saying what's more important, the fear or the motivation. So here's an analogy to help bring this point home. Let's say we take a boxing ring, Paul, and one side of the ring is the fear. The anxiety, the stress of going, oh my God, I don't do this, right? And the other side of the ring is the message. Why does this matter? Why is it important? And the goal is just to make sure that when that bell rings, your message gets the knockout punch and wins. Yeah, amazing. And uh, I mean, I've... I've been through most of the series now. I'm still, I'm still got a few to go in terms of the um, the uh, public speaking essentials in particular. Some amazing just little tips and tricks and practices that you put up there. Are there any within that that you would particularly call out uh, that you, you found are particularly useful or essential as fundamentals for people? For sure, Paul. So for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, right? One of those balls is eye contact, one of them is smiling, one of them is facial expression, storytelling, body language, and the list goes on. And it can be really overwhelming for people. Mm. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because right. if we can juggle those three balls, we'll build momentum with our speaking, no problem. Mm. So let's jump into them. I call them my easy threes. So number one is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like hat, like birthday, like trophy, like light bulb, like ceiling, and create random presentations out of thin air. And the reason this matters is two reasons. One, because life is filled with uncertainty, Paul. When you meet somebody new at an event, at a party, at a bar, you don't come to that conversation and go, okay, Paul, I'm meeting you for the first time. Here's the list of questions I want you to ask me, and here's <laughs> the questions that I'll ask you. That's how it works. Yeah. You have no idea how that conversation is going to go. So if you could talk about avocados for 30 seconds, you could talk about anything for 30 seconds. Right. So that's one. The second reason is if you could make sense out of nonsense, you could make sense out of anything, Paul. Mm. And that's really the magic. And that's number one. Mm. Number two is called the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Paul. But most of us are reactive to those questions. We wait for them to come up. I'll give you an example. A few years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, and I sucked, by the way, I remember some guy asked me, hey, Brendan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I was like, uh, I don't know, man, London? <laughs> I don't know, like Los Angeles? You tell me. So I wasn't that good at it, hmm. at answering. So what do I do differently? Every single day, Paul, and I challenge your audience to do this too, just five minutes a day, answer one question 
that you think the world will ask you about your expertise, your products or your services. So if I was coaching you and you're a podcast host, obviously that means you're going to guest on other people's shows. So every day I would challenge you, hey, answer one question that you think someone will ask you. But if you do that for a year, Paul, you'll have answered 365 questions. You'll be bulletproof. That's number two. And finally, number three, video messages. Just pick people you love and send them 20-second notes. Yeah. Oh, uh, amazing. And uh, I can attest that the rest of the series is full of just amazing little tips and tricks like that um, and practical things. That's what I've I've loved about the series is it's, it's something that you can take. I mean, I'll... Uh, I was just giving this example here. I was uh, putting a video together about um, uh, applying to be on stage to uh, to talk um, and and bring some of my expertise to the stage. And uh, I used this how to start a presentation. I think it's number three in the series there. And used that first example that you talked about in terms of just talking to the audience and appreciating them and showing that adoration for the audience uh, that, that you're, is looking at that video and has to make a decision. And I love the example that you give in there about McDonald's, for instance. Is, is that something you could share uh, for us now? Yeah, for sure. I have to remember the McDonald's <laughs> one. There's so many videos. I, I think it was around the Golden Arches, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So so the point that I was driving with McDonald's, and by the way, don't eat McDonald's, people, even if the brand's <laughs> cool. It's not good for you. But the, the reason I wanted, I drove that point is because a lot of us, when we convey ideas, it's so boring. So when we start a presentation, we start an introduction, it's always, hey guys, uh, my name's Brendan and this is Paul and today we're going to talk about this. So it's really boring. Whereas me, when I use McDonald's as an example, that was actually from case competitions, I would compliment the decision maker of the brand. So it's I was presenting to the board of McDonald's, that's where that introduction came mm-hmm. from. I, I started that presentation by saying, ever since I was a kid, there was one restaurant that I always want to go to. And it wasn't Harvey's, it wasn't Burger King, it wasn't Subway, it was McDonald's. And the golden arches of McDonald's reign not just in my local city, but across the world. And then what I did is I complimented the decision maker and I said, to the board of McDonald's, I'm here to help you take your business to the next level. That was the idea. But I think the message is, because that's a little bit more complex for the audience today, but I think the message is find ways to stand out. Find ways to be special. That could be a quote. That could be a question, a personal story. But the overarching theme is how do I get people to fall in love with my ideas, listen to them, take action on them, and more importantly, share them with other people. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Um, so with all of this stuff, you, uh, it's a question I love to ask people who come on this uh, podcast. They're generally people who are helping others day in, day out. They're always helping others to perform. Um but it's really important that you help yourself. You know, you put your own oxygen mask on before helping others. You know, how do you do that? Uh, where do you go to up your own game and to make sure your performance is at that peak? Absolutely, Paul. So a couple of things. One is obviously I have my own coach who coaches me. Because if I'm going to coach people, I need somebody helping me. Hmm. Or, else, or else why would I sell this to other people? So, so of course. And the piece there that, that he challenges me to think about a lot is asking myself really deep questions about life. I always like to say that I want to attain the wisdom of someone who's already passed away. Viktor Frankl says this so so well. He says that in life, pretend as if you got a second chance and you already made all the mistakes and you get a redo. What would you do in that redo? So I call them 80-20 questions that I ask myself all the time. We all know the 80-20 principle. 
what are 20% of the actions that get us 80% of the results? So for me, I kind of spin this a little bit on its head. And I think about what are 20% of the questions that we can ask ourselves about life that drive 80% of the clarity? Right. So I'll give you one example of that. If you could only accomplish three things in your life, just three, nothing else in your life, what would you want to accomplish and why? And this is forces people to say, oh my God, like I'd only pick three things. So that's just an example of things that I do. One other thing that I like doing as well is the bliss list. Make a list of things that you really enjoy doing that bring you a little bit of happiness every day. It could be eating an ice cream cake. It could be reading a book for five minutes. It could be dancing alone in your basement like me. It could be karaoke. Write, write those things down and just do more of that every day. Right. Oh, Fantastic. So I think it, it's so important that as people who help others perform, you know, it, you've got to be, um, there's all sorts of phrases, eating your own dog food, drinking your own champagne, whatever the, the thing is. But it's uh, it's also for your own health, your own sanity, um, just having someone or some form of, um, of way of checking in, improving your game, checking that you can find those little nuances and, and inspirations that just challenge you to be a little bit better day on day. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Um, so at this stage in the uh, the pod, usually I ask a, a couple of questions uh, that are a little bit more quick fire. One of them is, if you could help any individual team or organization with the skill set that you've got, who would you want that to be and why? I'd pick an individual and it's an Elon Musk. Right. If, if, I could, if I could get 45 minutes with Elon and he just listened to me and implemented, he would be way better of a speaker in the way that he shares ideas and conveys his message. And he's the reason why I'm so passionate about Master Talk. Because even if he became successful, the next Elon Musk might lose because of poor communication. Right. So that's why I'm really passionate about helping those people. Oh, wonderful. And if Elon's listening today, then, uh, then get in touch, eh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and if we had to flip this on this head and say, if you were able to sit down and have a coffee, have a drink, have a meal um, with any individual or team or organization so that you could learn from them and help your own performance, who would you want that to be? Peter Thiel, the author of the book Zero to One. He built he built uh, PayPal with Elon, and then he started a company called Palantir, and he was the president of PayPal as well. Peter's a really fascinating guy. I love his book. His book is like religion to me. It's called Zero to One. And there's a question he asks in the book, which is, what is the truth that you believe in that most people disagree with you on? What's something that you really think is true about the world that most people think is wrong? And he says that the answer to those questions is what creates the next generation of companies, technologies, innovations. So the main objective of my dinner with Peter if I could ever get access to him, Paul, would be give me the rest of the questions. Right. I only got one question of the book. Like, <laughs> he has like, okay, what great company is nobody building? What problem is nobody solving for? What, what's, where's the other 97 questions? That's what I'd ask you. And I would just write down the questions and I would just keep quiet in the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. The value of just sitting back and listening to folk and, and absor absorbing what they've got to say and uh, maybe going back and reflect. I'm a big reflector personally. I, I tend not to respond too much in the moment. I like to sit back, reflect, think about it and then go back. So uh, yeah, wonderful stuff. Um, and finally, the final question is, how do people find out more? How do people connect with you? Where do people go to find your amazing uh, materials and, and stuff that you've got out there? For sure, Paul. The pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on the show. It's just <laughs> great. So two ways to keep in touch. Number one is the Master Talk YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube and type Master Talk in one word. Yep. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. 
And number two is I run a free Zoom call every two weeks on effective communication that you can attend live. So you can see me apply all of the tips we talked about on a Zoom call so you get more learning out of it right. and it's free. So if you want to jump on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com. Fantastic. And as always, these links will all be in the show notes and uh, you know, do reach out to, to Brendan. As I say, I can personally attest already and I've, I've only just started on my journey in terms of going through some of the Master Talk material. So thanks so much for your help so far, Brendan, and also for your fantastic uh, conversation and, and chat there. So thanks for having uh, for coming on today and great to have you on. Pleasure was mine, Paul. Cheers, now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.